And welcome to Combat Sports Breakdown. Let's go. All right, so UFC 262 in the books, and what a fantastic card this was. Holy smokes. Where do we start? Uh, let's start with introductions. My co-hosts are both with me. Got Cole on deck. What's good? Got Alex sitting on deck. You know what it is. And let's get right into it, boys. So let's start at the top. What do you say? Michael Chandler and Charles Oliveira. Oh, my God. Let's start round one. Let's just break the fight down. Let's just break the fight down. I can't believe what happened. So round one, we have like this back and forth in the in the beginning where like Dubronx is landing a couple. Chandler starts bulldogging him, and that's when it goes goes kind of good for Chandler. Then all of a sudden he stuns him, drops him. He kind of rushes in for no real apparent reason. I couldn't really tell one. Is in range of these up kicks, drops into his guard, gets in there, and then they work towards the cage, and Chandler drops his ass again. Now let's fast forward to round two. We come out, and real quick, what happens, Alex? <sighs> Unthinkable. Nobody fucking seen that shit coming. That Charles dude Oliveira. put it down. Clipped him with a left hook. He got him with like an uppercut, then a flying knee. Chased him down on the fence and clipped him with another left hook as he was backing out. And all three of us were erupting. Dude, that was crazy, man. We, we like, might as well have been the same as the broadcast team yeah. at that point. Our reaction was identical. The, the the fucking left hook he landed was so fucking on point, though, bro. Hella technical. Like, the technique behind that shit was just fucking impeccable, homie. The adversity he came back with was oh insane, too, bro. Yes. That's that's one thing we have to really talk <clears throat> about is his adversity. He, he was really getting beat up in round one. Like, yeah. all three of us scored round one for Michael Chandler. And, like, yeah, he Oliveira wasn't, like, just getting ran over right away. But, Jesus, dude, he, he really just, he came back. He was getting beat up. He had a gnarly cut in his eye. Shout out to the fucking ref for not stopping it, homie. Yeah, because yeah. he, he, it looked like he was about to stop it. And, and he didn't. And thank God, bro, because Oliveira was moving the whole time. He wasn't, like. Yeah, but like not once did you see him just look to the moon. You know what I mean? Even if he did stop it, I don't think we really would have been like in mad controversy because nah. he he is he was he, getting pounded. Yeah, so like like you said, you know, shout out to the ref and Chandler didn't even fight it when he that did stop dope. it. So that was dope. When he got stopped, he was he he was a real good sport about it at the end too, and that was surprising. Yeah, right. I forgot on his knees and said, "Bro, you're a real good competitor." Yeah, but especially with how like I think I he know, said I feel that. Like sometimes Michael <laughs> Chandler gets that is like overly confident and cocky, and the fact that he was like humble with that loss is pretty sick. Well, you kind of have to have that hum that humbleness, and you you also need to carry your cockiness with you when you come from another high organization as a champion. You know. Yeah, I got you. Bro. And he had never been submitted going against one of the guys with the most submissions in the history of the sport. Mm. So. Yeah, that's crazy though. Like the fact that Oliveira knocked him out. Like, that's insane, bro. One of the things that I was reading is he's really been mostly working on the uh, striking the last couple training camps, and that's really what you noticed this time. He ended up being able to keep up on the feet, and he ended up being able to stand up for himself. And when he took those heavy shots, he didn't really worry about it. He fought through it. And yeah. Uh, that was pretty sick, though, at the end when he when he even said um, – like, oh, Michael Chandler said I couldn't take it, and I did. 
Oh yeah, stuff. that was pretty sick. Yeah, because Michael Chandler in the press was in the lead up and all that was saying that you know I don't think he's ever dealt with someone who has the power like I do. So you know, with that being said, he ended up proving everyone wrong. So yeah, fucking incredible fight. The heart of real fucking champions came out in both of these motherfuckers, bro, and they showed their true colors, homie. And I'm I'm thoroughly impressed with both of them, bro. I'm actually really happy we got a resolution with this weight class, though, because when push comes to shove, Khabib left the division, and, you know, we all had this feeling of uneasiness. So it is what it is. Um, Let's get into the Tony Ferguson and Benil Dariush fight. This was kind of hard to watch, man. I called it. I knew Benil was going to win this fight. Uh, But when you see Tony Ferguson get dominated, it's, it's really pretty hard to watch, you know? It really is, man, because Tony Ferguson is a legend, bro. Like a legit legend. Yeah, he's one of the uh, ultimate fighter winners. He was on the Brock Lesnar season. Uh, I believe that's when um, he had, like, his 12-fight win streak was right after it. So. Shoot, I don't know. He, he's a he's tough, man. He's one of, the, one of the toughest, if not the toughest guys in the UFC, <laughs> though. He's definitely going to be one of the toughest that we've ever seen because he, if you didn't watch the fight, you can go look on our Instagram. It's uh, at Combat Sports Breakdown on Instagram. And we have the video where dude catches him in a heel hook and you see his knee pop. Benil catches uh, Tony Ferguson in a deep heel hook. You see Tony actually yell out in pain, which is something we've really never seen. Yeah, straight up, straight up. When you see Tony scream like that, you know it was a deep one, and his knee totally popped. And it was, it was crazy how he just um, like popped, like popped, popped back up after the round, and just like walked away like it was nothing though. Like that was insane. Yeah, I thought he would for sure not be able to even walk, but he proved all of us wrong. Tony, yeah, <laughs> bro. That motherfucker is a straight A. He said it, Matt. What did homeboy say? He's a fucking zombie. Yeah, El he's a zombie. He said. Yeah. He said I heard that shit pop. This dude's a fucking zombie. Yeah, Benil actually Like what said the it. fuck, bro? Like, bro, mad props to that win, but at the same time, like, holy shit, bro! Like, yeah, that was that insane. fool said. Yeah, I heard it pop. And that motherfucker looked at me and like nothing. It, yeah. It's literally the same thing that like, happened with, when fuck? he fought Charles Oliveira. When he Did fought this Charles fool really Oliveira. sell his soul to the devil? Nah. <laughs> nah. He's why just is, come back from the dead like three times. Why is his uh, ligaments hey, still going? Like, yeah, like what the <laughs> fuck? It's crazy though because pretty much the same thing happened with his elbow. And I was pretty. I was telling you guys during the fight, I didn't think his elbow had fully recovered because the way he was throwing it looked a little awkward still. And Charles Oliveira put him in an arm bar and then put it under his armpit and leaned back. So What do you think's going to happen with him, bro? Released? Um, if he doesn't get released, then maybe Dana trades him while he still has name value. I think we should kind of get more regular with trading people in the MMA world if we have so many different branches, so many different organizations. I think we should start trading people a little more because that's what happened with Demetrius Johnson for Ben Askren. It's like soccer, yeah. bro. That's why soccer uh, worked out a lot, bro, because they have lower tiers. 
you know, and everybody works in that lower tier to get to that top tier. Well, so they trade, they trade players, bro. Yeah. If the player's not performing up to part, same with baseball. If you're not playing up to part, you get dropped down to AAA, you know. And if you are playing up to part, you get you get rised up to the MLB stage. That's right. different, though. That's a farm system. You know, a yeah, farm, farm system is different, and we go. do kind of have that with Cage Warriors. Well, you PFL. can have it, we, which would they, be dope. MMA already has that. It would that, be dope. They already but they have don't it. really, like, really, really represent it, Yes, though. they do. Yeah. Wow. Because Dana White signed all these people to me, under they're all his competing. umbrella. Well, Bellator won yeah. and UFC are competing. To me, they're all competing. But, like, but oh, check this out. PFL is on the same contract as the UFC with ESPN. They're like the farm system for them. Cage uh-huh. Warriors is the European division for UFC to pull from. Like all these places have their own branches that are big in each local format. Yeah. That's where the UFC pulls from. Just because we don't know the names of the organizations offhand, they still exist. Yeah, but I'm saying the fact of the matter is, is what they fucking show is, is that they, they're fucking just competing instead of when they should be. There's like, three more, that are competing. That's yeah, one championship, Bellator, and UFC, but yeah. they have to. We that's like saying each NFL team should be like best friends. That's not how nah, it should be. It's not because but that's two two different corporations. The only bro. here's it's the not thing. the same team within the Time same out. corporation. What, what, here's what I'm talking about though. Bellator's down for partnerships and trades. One's one championship's down for partnerships and trades. It's UFC that doesn't yes. allow it and shit. Yes. Yeah, this for wants it offer him. Well, he's just worked for the longest yeah. time to make this legal. Dana I'm White's the, the reason that MMA is legal in the United States. He wants to be the whale yeah, of MMA. That's crazy. He pushed for all of it. He's been the one trademarking this whole thing. So that's why Dana feels the way he feels. So I, go uh, ahead. I don't think Tony's going to get traded, though. I feel like Dana White has a soft, a soft spot for that dude. Well, he's the ultimate mm-hmm. fighter winner, and if Donald Cerrone oh, can get shit, you know right. six right. six fights with no win, then Tony might get a fourth. But the one fifty five division so deep, and him being in the rankings, it's and not just that, bro. Like, I mean, it's obvious, bro. You can't fucking consider him a top five. I would, I don't know if you'd consider him a top ten. I don't know. He could be in the top fifteen, but I don't know, man. That that pool like, is pretty deep. I don't know. I've after the those fact, three losses he had, it's, it's hard to put him in the top ten. The fact of the matter to me, bro, is that people will watch him fight. So, I therefore, for me, I do believe he'll get at least two more fights. Well, I know he's going to get at least one more. I mean, Donald Cerrone got six, and he's getting a seventh. So. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I, 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 Hey, and it'll be dope, bro, because I'll fucking tune in. I hear his name, and it's like, oh, hell yeah. It's going to be an all-out bra. Yeah, but there's going to be a point where name value goes. Like, Nate Diaz is almost there. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Like, how exciting but, is it to see him fight as much as to hear he's fighting? It's way more exciting to hear he's fighting than it is to watch him fight these days. I can't say that I've seen him fight. You know what I mean? In a while. Well, he fought Jorge Masvidal and got absolutely destroyed. Yeah. Oh, yeah that was the last one. That's right. He, he got... For that BMF shit. And then spend a year talking crap online. <laughs> well, well Masvidal shouldn't even have that BMF title anymore. He don't have it. Yeah, he does. Oh, I thought they died for Usman to Nah. It's a one-time thing. That's what Dana White said. Oh, sick. Oh, my God, yeah. Coming from the one Masvidal lover. 
Young Cuban Latin motherfucker getting it, homie. That's right, boy. I hope Nate Diaz Get that steals shit, that dog. shit. Get that shit, dog. <laughs> yeah, right. Nick, Nick Diaz gonna slap the shit out of him and take that belt. I refuse to believe that nonsense. Well, we know he can't take a punch like he used to, so. <laughs> a punch and a slap are very different, my friend. I'm sure he could take that little. It's a Stockton slap. You don't even know. Man. <laughs> All right, so Matt Schnell versus Rodrigo Bantarain. I called it. Look, you called a lot of fights tonight. I called it. You called a lot of fights tonight. I tried to tell you. Bontarain actually came out and had a real good performance. Boss hogged. Round two and three, he really excelled. He showed that he belonged here. Um, He was not at all deterred by anything that Schnell did. Schnell stayed in there, man. He was throwing nice combos. A little flat. He was a little predictable. He was loading up. You you didn't really see his hips moving the way that you you know you wanted to. He really wasn't uh, defending the takedowns that well in round two or three. So, yeah, bro, he was slinging iron out there, bro. Just yeah, Bontarine. <clears throat> yeah, he really started dropping those them. haymakers, man. It was dropping them. It was a heavy heavy card. That motherfucker had a chin though, bro. Yeah, dude with the red shorts was his name. Uh, Matt Chanel. Chanel, yeah. Young Chanel, bro. That motherfucker had a chin. Like, he got hit so fucking hard, bro. I heard that shit through the whole everything. Bam! I felt the contact. Like, goddamn. He just kept walking through him, bro. It was crazy. Yeah, it was actually really impressive to see Matt Chanel be that resilient. Um, Bontarine was cracking. But at the same time. Everything he could, bro. And Homeboy was just like, that's it. At the same time, he, uh, Bontarine did look a little tired. You know, he looked like he, the punches were heavy, but they were yeah. looking a little slow. Yeah. So, you At know, the, it, towards the end, hell yeah. Well, like, even in but mid, towards like the beginning, fool. Mid round two. The ones that connected in the beginning, bro, those were naughty. Mm, yeah, like, but that's, that's when I would expect Matt Schnell to have his chin still. You know, it's early on in the fight. It's one of those things to see someone true. get clipped early on. Is like but it's really also odd. when the strikers got the most power. You know, in a way, maybe. Still so. got Vaseline on your face, though. Damn. <laughs> Hasn't sweated it off yet. All right, so we got Caitlin Chikagan versus Vivian Arahujo. And the here's, look, we'll just get straight into it. The judging. This is where the judging really, really got screwed up. Vivian won that fight. Um, we all scored it for uh, Vivian in our house but at the same time you got to understand that this one was closely contested but what are we looking at are we looking at judges that don't score ground control anymore because every time we're in houston we seem to have these these little riffs and we can even go back to the charles Oliveira and michael chandler fight it was a 10-8 scorecard and that's just ridiculous um you can't have a 10-8 in the first round when Oliveira dominated the whole first two and a half minutes and had the back and was threatening to uh, knock him out or not knock him out, but to submit him. But it, it's just absolutely crazy. Caitlin Chikagan, you know, she got lucky to pull the win out when, you know, it was all said and done. But you just can't have these close contested fights that get scored completely wrong. Like it was close, but it was still obvious who won. And that's just not fair because... Right now, Caitlin, you know, as good as she is, she should have an L on her record right now. And Vivian should have got the W. 
But here, here we go into one of the most exciting fights I've seen in a long time. Shane Burgos versus Edson Barboza. And this did win fight of the night. Shane Burgos was ordered to go straight to the hospital because he had a six second delayed reaction to getting hit in the head and knocked him out. Like he went out, out. And, you know, Edson said in an interview with Ariel Hawani that he didn't want to do the follow-up shots, but the referee had told them leading up to that fight that you have to keep hitting him until he pulls you off. So great fight by Edson Barboza. I can't wait to see what his next matchup is. He should be ranked in 145 already, but if not, definitely is now at least top five. Like he needs a top five guy if he's not already in the top five. And if he's in the top five, he's waiting for a title shot right alongside with Max. He said he wanted to fight Max Holloway and that would be super exciting. One of the best fights we could see. Um, Jacare Souza versus, I believe his name was Andre Muniz. Munez. I, I don't, I don't know, but he called it. He said he was going to submit Jacare and it's what he did. He, he broke his arm, man. It was absolutely insane. And you, for all you sorry ass soccer players out there that, you know, you get clipped and you want to go down and start wailing and crying on the floor till you get noticed. Jacare had a broken arm. They were telling him he needed to go to the hospital. And you know what he did? He walked over to Muniz and gave him a hug and congratulated him with a broken arm dangling. Absolutely savage. That's the gator, Jacare Souza. You know, I, I hate to see our veterans and our, our favorite people go out like this. It, it sucks, man. But at the same time, you know, they stay in so long. It's all that can happen. Groovy Lando versus Mike Grundy. Another judging one. Now, I, I got this one scored for Grundy, but Venata got the win. I actually picked Venata in this one. So, you know, Groovy Lando. He was looking real groovy out there. I just think Grundy got the win with his wrestling. I don't know what they're valuing these days, but clearly wrestling's not getting valued the same way it used to in Houston. So if you're in Houston, you better be willing to stand up and strike because that's all they really care about down there. Um, Jordan Wright, man, the, the Beverly Hills Ninja, this dude is fantastic, fun, exciting, big. He's got like, I believe 12 or 13, uh, finishes in the first round. You know, that's impressive. Jamie Pickett, you know, that was my pick. I thought he was going to come out and be able to hold up, but this kid is no joke. The Beverly Hills Ninja, man, watch out for him. Jordan Wright. Um, Andrea Lee versus Antonina Shevchenko. This one was kind of wild. She had her in like a head triangle, you know, and for some reason she wasn't pushing down on the head. And right at the very, very end of round two, she got the armbar win. So, you know, very unique. I don't know if she just doesn't know how to finish from that top or from the bottom with a triangle or if she, you know, wanted to do that or whatever the case was. It was really unusual. Credit to Antonina for being able to hang in there and not fall into that submission, even though it was like right there. But, you know, very impressive, dominant performance by Andrea Lee. You have Gina Mazzani versus Koshera. And, you know, this was the when in the last uh, episode of the podcast, we were talking about how they didn't have anyone listed. So we had to like do some real, real deep digging to find out who the fighter was that was on there. And it was Kachera. She got the round two stoppage standing up still. Like they, they never even got down, you know, uh, the ref stepped in and saved Mazzani. She was just getting pinned while up against the cage, like just absolutely pinned. So, you know, saved her there. 
no need to take an unnecessary beating. Um, the second fight tonight was Kevin Aguilar versus Tucker Lutz. And let me just say, Kevin Aguilar, it, it might be time for him to go to another promotion. I, it's hard to say that, but because you don't really know where Tucker Lutz stands. He's fairly new to the UFC. So to see him just have a, a dominant round one, two, three, like nothing, it, it was it was hard to watch because Kevin Aguilar has been around the block, you know. And then here, here's the one that actually kind of hurt me to see because this was the, um, uh, what did he call it? Performance of the night. Okay. By Diago, Diagos Christos. And this was actually crazy because Sean Soriano was absolutely cracking him. Actually almost finished him in the first round. It, it was it was weird because this is uh, Michael Chandler's training partner. If you didn't see UFC embedded, then, you know, go back and watch those because you actually see a pretty cool side of both fighters leading up to each fight and, you know, everything going on. And Sean Soriano got on there because he's Michael Chandler's training partner. And, you know, he was absolutely cracking. But round two he he went in and shot and got got absolutely locked up in a gnarly and i mean gnarly choke like he it was crazy man he got locked up it was it was deep instantly and he he you know this being his second chance in the ufc you knew he wasn't gonna tap so he, he went to sleep man and it was it was kind of hard to watch it's, it's always hard for me when i see these guys get submitted and their eyes roll back and you know everything that comes with getting absolutely choked out but you know it is what it is we watch this sport for the violence sometimes and that's just the worst part of it in my opinion but there it is that's the ufc 262 review you know we had to split this one up you got our immediate reaction on the first few fights and then you know we had to follow it up do some editing some stuff came up in the week so i i wrapped it up solo I want to give shout outs and thank you to my boys, Alex and Cole. Appreciate you guys for coming through, watching the fights. Appreciate you guys' effort in the podcast and making this thing the next big one. Um, we're going to be up there, guys. So give a, a shout out to our sponsors, Love Bracelet. If you're into, you know, unique bracelets, your girl is, whatever is going on, use the promo code Mr. Breezy 36 Get that 36% off. And, uh... This is the Instagram one. You can find them on Instagram or lovebracelet.com. Shout out to our boys, uh, Nick and Ryan. Appreciate you guys for always hooking up with us, doing the uh, call-ins when you get the chance. See y'all on the next one. We out.